I'm Nana. And I'm Monkeo. And this is African.American. This is a show about African immigrants and children of African immigrants living in the United States. Um, okay, that tagline is a little bit different, but you know, it's short and sweet. Today, <laughs> just saying, in season well, two, you're going out on a no, I, I, If I don't say both, she says I don't, I'm choosing side today. If I say both, it's like, yeah. Halas, Nana, it's okay. Halas, halas, it's okay. We, 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 we say what we're about. What are we talking about today? Um, today, we actually are going to be talking about the idea of Europe as a racial utopia. Um, talking about this because often people talk about leaving the U.S. There's a lot of talk about that uh, yeah. in different moments in time. Um, it's perhaps cyclical. Um, and when we talk about Europe in particular and the way that it is presented and captured in the American imagination, that really plays a part in it, particularly in the African-American imagination. So um, to start us off, Nans, what are the images of Europe that we see in American media? Um, for me, it's, I'll give the, the some background of like, I studied abroad in Spain and, and I studied in the UK and lived with some family there. And I would say before going to Spain, I thought I would be dancing flamenco with Pablo, Carlos, you know, right next to the mesquita. It's something, if it's Southern Europe, there's some spice to it. There's some, some flavor, some olive oil, lots of olive oil. Um, and then before I went to the UK, I really thought I would be like trolloping the hills of Wilbershire or something like that with Colin Firth, right? It's this, yeah. Europe is always presented as like clean, maybe not clean, but like top-notch, classy. Better morals. Yeah, morally superior um um i guess too then like how we heard or learned about the african-american experience or the black experience so like african-americans in europe and how or black people in europe and how their experiences are typically portrayed or talked about in the u.s context but i mean the portrayal of african-americans in in europe i would say is different from what your African-American or your African uh, relative would tell you their experience is. I think yeah. for Europe, there's an appearance for Europeans. There is this, or let me say for for white Caucasian Europeans, there is this kind of appearance for them and thinking that they have better kind of socially inclusive um, systems, better protections, better kind of universal health care. So they take that and they say, oh, look at us. You know, we're better. We didn't have like slavery as we understand slavery in the United States. But when you go back and think about it, I mean, Europeans were doing the same things. It's just that it wasn't within their borders. They were doing... Europeans are white Americans. Like, white Americans are the descendants are white, of Europeans. white Americans. But I'm, I'm, I'm differentiating them from kind of the African, the African, the American white Americans versus the European white Americans, because there's this thought process, I think. And traveling through Europe, having studied abroad in Spain as well, you do get this sense that they have that moral superiority over Americans. Yes. And when talking to them, it comes from, you all are racist here. And oftentimes I'm like, you all should look at your colonial past. And even your present now, you, you have to look at your colonial of- past. Yeah, you can look at like what it's like to walk down the street yes. as like not even black. It's just like a brown person 
shoot sometimes not even brown like i mean i don't know what you call turkish folk turkish folk can be as they, white they, as day yeah, but there's yeah, a distinction made between yeah. someone of turkish there, descent there are a lot of Europe. refugees like yeah. in france last year i traveled through well france and i would just you know we'll just get in a car and just drive and there's this one particular city where it's in the mountains of france and i was quite surprised by how many refugees were there this was in the middle of i would think nowhere <laughs> and you would see that many refugees and you would sometimes sit there and ask there were african refugees sitting there and we had a conversation with one of them and she was like yeah they brought us here and we're all just in this one place and i'm like why aren't you why are they not putting you um in some of, some of the larger cities to you know help you uh find better jobs help you because this just seems out in the middle of nowhere well, and yeah because you there because it's not want i mean it's i think you know at the end of the day it is this issue of like stronger countries mm. or countries that have been better off continue to be better off yeah and they don't necessarily acknowledge the ways in which the fact that they are better off is because of what they have done in yeah. other countries and what and they how continue certain, to do and yeah. continue to do yeah, yeah. um but i think what what is complicated for me is that when I think about the U.S. and I think about um, how we think of Europeans, I think we feed into that, right? We feed oh, into we, this we sense. We definitely do. We feed into the sense of that superiority. Or they are, yeah. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, I think um, on top of that, the black community. I think there is a history there of African Americans being treated better in the European context. So we think about Josephine Baker. Um, France was her second home. Um, Eartha Kitt, when she got blacklisted in the U.S. Um, because, you know, what's his name? President Johnson's wife and her had... President Johnson's wife didn't like her or something that she said or something that she did. It was Europe where she, you know, was able to make a living. And uh, I think this uh, basketball player, Mahmoud Abdurraouf, he was the original Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> um, he didn't, um, he didn't want, to, he didn't rise for the Pledge of Allegiance. And it was a big thing in the 90s. And he got kicked out of the NBA and ended up basically working in, in Europe and the Turkey. Baldwin is another, yeah. Yeah, Baldwin, yes, lived much of his life. And we think about the way that African-American soldiers were treated during World War, I'm going to say World War II more so, but probably World War One as well. There is that distinction. And so I feel like those things bubble up when people talk about moving to another country or moving, you know, moving to Europe to get away from racism. I always find it really interesting mm -hmm. because Europe's racist as fuck, in my opinion. <laughs> But a lot, a lot of people think that one is better than the other. I mean, it is, but it's, I, I don't, I, actually, this is what I, I will say, and I say this every season, that anti-Africanness in particular is a global phenomenon. Not anti-Blackness, anti-Africanness, yeah. which is distinct. Yeah. And people often don't understand the privilege that comes with a U.S. passport. Mm -hmm. And I would say that um, if you are going to another country, as an expat, you're mm -hmm. already a cut above the rest. Your experience is not going to be the everyday life experience of folk. And mm -hmm. the way that people interact with you is going to be colored by that, number one. Two, when you add a US passport to it, whether we are talking about Europe or somewhere else, mm -hmm. there's a cachet, there's a respect that you get 
that you won't get otherwise and you may not be aware of that fact of that fact and I think that that is a big thing that I see and I think not even just in Europe when I was in you know when I would meet people in the UAE I would meet some African Americans really struggling with what it meant to be black in that space and trying to connect and and make the parallels between Arab slave trade and Arab racism which existed in again Arab world colorism up the wazoo racism up the wazoo but very different and not american at all and so when you try and retrofit stuff it's like "Mm, girl like oh they're trying to what if she was like they're trying to put us in chains or they're trying to you know keep us segregated and i'm like this is not 1950s mississippi (laughs) this is you know 2013 dubai yeah and um it is a, it is a fact that there's a racial hierarchy. There's a hierarchy, but it's not a racial hierarchy in the way that it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And you are not at the bottom, right? Yeah. Um, maybe some people who look like you are. Some, yeah. Um, but you're but you not the like you're not at the bottom, and you have a U.S. Yeah. passport, and that makes up for a lot of things. Um. I mean, I guess in saying that. Like, how do we think that that cascades into other things? Like, are we, I mean, like, think about all the people who want to move, not all the people, but sometimes you'll see articles where it's like, Ghana, Ghana, y'all be doing that a lot. It's like, hey, African-Americans, come back. We're trying to make some money here, girl. Yeah, I know y'all trying to make money, come and invest and all those kinds of things. But like, and I didn't necessarily, I might have heard this somewhere but like you got to make sure that wherever you go you don't go with an imperialist mindset i think we forget that's that's one thing that you always have to keep with you yeah but we forget as americans and i think that whether you're african dot american or african dash american that you do come with that privilege so when you go back to ghana ghana's gonna be sweet like i know that if i go if i want to go to ghana i'm not going to i'm not going to suffer Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As one of our guests typically says, you know, privilege is fluid. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not that environment, yeah. But we don't think about that. And then it's like also, how does that impact the way that we interact with our family members in Europe, right? I think that I, I guess I want to ask you that. Like, do you, you, you have family in Europe. How does their yeah. understanding of self and understanding of European quote unquote superiority fit with like their desire maybe to move to the States. They're under, I mean, don't, I mean, it's coronavirus, so, you know, nobody's moving anywhere, but to live here, do they think that they've lost opportunities that they might've had if they were here versus there? I would think that yes and no. Um, I think when it comes to speaking on the opportunities aspect of things, when it comes to schooling and how schools are structured in Europe, kind mm-hmm. of the high school structure, the college the college structure, I think, yes, they would say that if they were here, they would have more opportunities and they wouldn't necessarily be stuck doing the, the type of degree that they're doing. But you do, I mean, I went to, in high school, I went to, um, I have family in, in the Netherlands, so I went for about three months. And that's the one place where they definitely be, Noses in the air, 
nothing compared to the and, U.S. And you do, I mean, you do get the sense, like, nobody outwardly said anything, but you do get the sense that, oh, you know, over here, this is how we are. Like, what you, you get the sense of, you know, we have these nice things, we're cleaner. Like, you, nobody ever utters those can, words. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you get the way in which people act towards you, the way in which people are you do get that sense. Um, but a lot of it, I think, is people not understanding, Europeans specifically, not understanding their past and thinking that just because you may not hear a Trayvon Martin in Europe doesn't mean a Trayvon Martin is not happening in Europe. It means it's happening in France and it's not getting outside the walls of France. Because a lot of these things are happening in these countries that necessarily do not get out of the country. Well, there's and also I- stuff that happens there that, like, is blatantly racist. Yes, but people, there's, nope. there's brutality in in France as we speak, and well, you will I never hear their, their names. I don't even mean to the extent of police brutality. I think some cultural hangovers. Like I believe the Netherlands is the one where they have that blackface Christmas yes. character, yes, 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 right? Yeah, and so it's like they, you know, they have the same thing in Spain. <laughs> And, and yeah. the South of Spain. Right. And you and see, and then you're like, this is racist, but you know, it's racist. a culture thing. Right. This is but at least not, nothing racist. At yeah. least in the U.S. context, you have more of a willingness to have those conversations. And we got our own issues. We got, we got parks or, you know, museums where people can go and they'll tell you that slaves were taken care of. And, you know, you hear that kind of language there at places in the U.S. And it is, that is wrong it's racist and it's absolutely like horrific that it's happening but it's like i feel that at the very least the general population tries do you think it's a willingness or is it a kind of political i think that in the u.s there are pockets i think in the u.s there are pockets even if you look at white supremacists Mm. they wear suits they don't. They don't say, "Hey, you know, they're yeah. not casting yeah. you off." You don't see them in the, in the You don't see them. I don't know if you watch the show, um, The Boys, but like, um, it's a superhero show. But at any rate, there's a Nazi character. It's a superhero show, okay? So the Nazi character was alive during Nazi era, mm-hmm. and that's what she's all about. But she doesn't come out and say it. Yeah. She speaks in euphemisms when she she uses her racist language when people cannot hear her and she is afraid of exposure, right? And I think that that's the difference in the U.S. People know they're wrong. But I notice that there are just certain things that happen in Europe and it's like, oh. Like, there's not even a consciousness that like, y'all, this is bad. But should we differentiate between folks who have kind of the Caribbean who have who have been in Europe for so long versus the Af- because I think there's a huge difference. I mean, my family, uh, there, are, there are immigrants who are coming from kind of the racially homogeneous Ghana to the Netherlands. And even even with Ghanaians who are who come here as immigrants, when certain things happen, they don't take it in as a, let's say, a first generation uh, African dot American would because they do not understand the context through I which think that these things I- are being said. I think that that is a distinction, but I think I was talking more about like white Europeans, um, Mm. not the immigrants. Right. And like what, like, 
I think when we have racial discussions and dialogue, the, the, the framing is just completely different in the U.S. context, because even if we're talking about white supremacists, they're not on Jerry Springer's show wearing sheets anymore. Yeah. They're speaking in suits. And, you know, David Duke is not like whatever he was when black, even when black Klansmen, the time of, I don't know, I'm making all these references, but he's the head of the KKK. Yeah. Um, and that movie is about how a black police officer joined the Klan infiltrated the clan the way that they present themselves they talk about you know they don't say white power necessarily they talk about you know whatever keeping the race pure just, just whatever using these euphemisms that you don't really got to do in europe um but they exist in europe though they they they, ex- they are very the national I, I would say that like it's just very much more in your face when you look at a, a political party like the national front which is which well, started in france and has like inspired a lot of parties like it. They are very clear. Yeah. Like you can say whatever you want about the Republican Party here and what they've done, but they can't articulate a America for white Americans in the way that the National Front says France is basically for, for, yeah. for French for white yeah. French people. Yeah. Um the what you're saying is reminding me of so there's a strong french nationalist movement in a place that they were going to base ourselves in Mm -hmm. last year in france and we didn't like i chose the place because it's by the coast it was the town the small town is beautiful yeah girl Um, if it's a hood you got to make sure it's your hood hood. this is beautiful like i'm looking forward to this trip um, only for my brother-in-law's friend, who happens to be French, to say, oh, where are you guys living? And we say X, Y, Z. And he is like, you should not go there mm-hmm. because we are very racist. And, you know, although they outwardly do it, it doesn't it doesn't seep. That racism doesn't seep um, outside of their bubble. I said, if you're French, you know that don't go there. But if you are somebody living outside, you do not necessarily know that. And, but you, whereas if you compare it to kind of Europeans or anybody else living outside the U.S., they know that going to Mississippi. They're probably more afraid of it than yeah. it, than they actually need to be. And, yes. and I think all of that is our, our political reach. <laughs> like we, when something happens, it's like go, going everywhere. Well, it's a political reach or it's also about images. I think it still comes back to There's, the U.S. is far more like all they do is make slavery movies, right? Yeah. The French don't make movies about what they did in Haiti. How many French movies are there that, that we get to see about what they do in Haiti, right? A lot of their stuff is, um, and I mean, I'm not a connoisseur of French films. I'm not going to act like I'm an expert, but I, I do think it's about import and export and the images that you allow to be pushed out there. Yeah, and um, when you think about the influence of American music and all those things, you get that exposure and you understand yeah. that inequality is there. And at the very least, Americans talk about it because I think even for European countries where there aren't many black people, like how are the the immigrants of the day treated like what is the experience of the average turkish german what's the experience of the north african um french person yeah um what's the experience of a south asian muslim in the uk um and when we look at that it just ain't as rosy i think you know idolizing europe is great but like i just wish that people would understand like more of the nuance of some of these things like you are not 
you're probably going to get treated like Josephine Baker did if you learn French and you become part of the culture and all of those things. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it is... Basically, wherever you go, there are going to be some calculations you have to make. You are going to gain a lot and you're going to lose a lot. And so you just have to find that medium or balance for you. I do think that... um, when it comes to things like maternal health, hell yeah. If you can get, have your baby in Switzerland or the UK, like just statistically, <laughs> better. Yeah. you are more likely to survive and so is the child. And that is something that we should definitely, that I get. But um, I don't know when people say they move, they're going to move to Europe for better dating options or they're going <laughs> to, I have not experienced that too. I have not. What you said about kind of, Having the American passport, living in these European countries, you do have that privilege. And American I'm name. Actually, yeah. I'm just actually even thinking back to a conversation that um, that a friend had had with a friend of a friend of hers who um, was in the military. And he had said that people claim that, you know, Europe is also racist, but he much appreciates living in Italy. He doesn't ever experience any racism versus uh. living in, in Arizona. And it, it is that, you know, they see you, they see that, that Americanness, they see that uniform. You, uh, right then and there, you have that privilege. Right. You're not uh, a trafficked uh, African woman in Italy who's a prostitute or an African guy who got on a boat. Even yep. to me, living in, living in, living in Spain, once they found out, like, I was treated differently when I was with my white classmates versus when I was just walking around by myself. When mm-hmm. I would walk around by myself, I remember joining Semana Santa, which is um, the, the Holy Week. They had these processions and a lot of people, a lot of the students we were with were traveling. I chose not to travel to experience that. I just, you know, woke up and went to sit and just watch and I'm sitting there and this man just comes to me thinking I'm a prostitute because of course that is their image of I look very African I think I look very African that is the image of they see an African that is the image that's what they must be uh, that's Uh, what yeah but I never got that I was never called out for those things when I was with my other classmates because they would see they would they would hear and they'll they'll think oh American American yeah I mean you're absolutely right absolutely right there is that privilege that comes with all of that. Yeah. I think in thinking about that, like I, you know, again, this is not Europe, but the UAE, like I don't, I I also look very African, I think, and I don't necessarily read as African American. Um, And so that has always been really interesting to me to see how people shift in their behavior towards me once they learn one thing versus the other. But it does remind me of a, and I might've talked about this before, a humorous situation where I was talking to a friend and I was like, I don't understand why people don't like read me as American. Cause I would have some of the same issues, Um, men, um, non-black, but men from different stripes, basically thinking that, like, you know, I would, like, sleep with them, or, like, I would be, you know, yeah, you know, jump on them because they got a car or some, you know, just stuff where you're just like, I got my own shit. Like, what? what? Excuse me, sir? Like, you are old and what? What is this? Why are you even stepping to me? But my friend was like, girl, you dress like you have <laughs> She said, you dress like you have some respect. 
She's like, we don't care. Americans are out here. We go to BB. We got our BB, you know, club dresses on. Uh-huh. We were in booty shorts. We were in halter tops. You over here wearing abayas and long dresses and stuff. And so, so of course, you're going to you think that, uh, yeah. yeah, we're loud. And you know, we're American. doing the stereotypical American things. Yeah. Like we are being, we're acting like we are still in America. You don't. You're acting as if you are, you, you, you're respecting the cultural <laughs> the cultural norms of this place and because of that you read differently and i think that that i mean that was in, that was funny to me for her to say cuz it was kind of true it's like oh i wouldn't i i do wear i would wear booty shorts in the states maybe but i won't wear it here because i just feel like it's really out of place right like Mm-hmm. But other people don't necessarily feel like that, and the UAE is the place where you can basically do what you want, contrary yeah. to what other people say. Just don't run naked. I've seen people people have tried to do that, and they get arrested. Like, if you you can wear what you want, you can be how you want, yeah. and that is an usually an indication of like where you're from or your cultural background or the cultural norms of the place. Mm-hmm. But it's it's just so funny because every time I hear it, I just kind of go, and people are like, oh, I'm going to move to Europe and Europe is so much better and this is going to be like this and it's going to be like that. I'm always kind of like, ah. Mm-hmm. It's just Maybe. like Europeans, I think, do not, they, 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 a lot of Europeans do not know of their past. Um, I think recently, was it on Instagram? That I saw somebody did this thing about um, who's the Belgian king? King uh, Leopold. Yes, I saw Leopold. that one. Yes. Did you yes. see that? Really, yeah, 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 yeah. Really and, breaking down all the horrible things that he yeah, and all the horrible for. things that he did. And I was seeing some stats about how how many like Belgians actually knew that. I think a lot of people in the U.S. they there is this thing about we don't, and it's true, we do not teach our history, but. I think a lot in a lot of these European countries, their their history is swept under the rug. Where maybe they don't teach the history of the colonies, which is mind blowing, right? I mean, that's still that's your history. (laughs) But I I feel like they have an understanding of like the borders and when there were wars between. And I don't know, maybe people. I I don't think they realize how the atrocities, and the the issues they caused in these nations, and they still. And the issues that they still cause. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, like, why does the U.S. exist? It is because Europeans came and yep. colonized it and did a lot of really yep. messed up things. Yeah. Uh, slavery, torture, genocide, rape, everything uh, that you can imagine under the sun. Yeah. Um, but at the very least, there's an acknowledgement that something happened in the state. Yeah. Um, but I, don't I don't think see- there is that same level of acknowledgement there. I think people that gets lost, and I, I would I would be glad to hear what some of the Europeans think. But well, I is think it that it gets lost, or is it that like their education system? Because I think that's another thing when people talk about like Europe. I mean, to be real, the opportunities that are there. Again, if you're if you're coming in as a just like a regular regular yeah. person, not you know fancy job or what have you, yeah. they are somewhat limited because the education I mean, system, while free, us, yes. Is for people like us, they are, yeah. People like our, like me and you, like I'm sure it's yeah. fine, but like the well, people look like us or people who look like us, it's it's yeah. Um, you kind of have to get tracked a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, a lot of systems are about memorization. Let's yeah. be real. A lot of the education yeah. systems, including university, are about memorization of things. And so I do wonder. I mean, just in studying abroad, being like, well, 
do they encourage critical thinking in the way that the no i'm serious in the way i see you laughing but in the way not laughing but smiling in the way that the liberal arts tradition in the states encourages it because the u.s does have an issue with it too yeah um and you know i am speaking from privilege and having whatever an elite education blah 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 i went to state schools but they were like really good ones so i guess i can't really (laughs) i can't I, I can't speak to all of that, but um, that was something that I noticed both uh, particularly in the UK, but I noticed that in, in Spain as well, yeah. that like, very true. Like when I wrote papers, like I remember, I, I you know, when I, I went to university in the UK for a semester and the professor was just like, ah, oh, like salivating because my papers, which were basic ass papers to me, were more than regurgitation of what he had done in his lesson mm-hmm. and other people i don't know what other people were doing were writing yeah but i think they were just writing so oh, very interesting um but i think that's what happens when when education is cheaper i don't i don't i don't know how to like i i really am trying to acknowledge my privilege here and i don't know how else to kind of like frame that like what is going on with that why is it that certain tracks or certain spaces allow you to think like that, to think freely, to make connections? Like it's just it's a different hermeneutic, right? Mm-hmm. But I think when you are teaching more cheaply and en masse, it is easier to say memorize these dates. I mean, these are history classes. Like I'm not taking, you know, I didn't take like chemistry <laughs> or physics or whatever, right? So it's just like to me that's what was awesome about history that you can understand it that you can think critically about it and that you can make connections and it just felt like from the feedback these professors were giving me other people weren't doing it necessarily so um i do feel like that is something also to think about that like yes it's cheaper over here thinking about my classes in Spain and how I used to think that the grade that I got I wasn't deserving of but maybe that was why and there, there was a um, history class that I took mm-hmm. and I used to like get B's my Spanish was not that good when I went I used to get B's A's on it and I used to feel like he was the professor was giving me the grade because I was yeah. American but maybe that's why Well, I mean, I, you know, again, foreign language learner here and like never been great at grammar in Arabic or Spanish, like all this red, always red marks. And it's always like conjugation or whatever, masculine and feminine. But something my my instructors always say, your ideas are amazing. It's just (laughs) (laughs) when you write them down, that subject verb (laughs) agreement, that conjugation. And so I'm like, well, yeah, by default, yes, I'm an intelligent individual. Thank you. <laughs> at least they're at least at least they're recognizing it because no, they used to make me feel when, bad when, here. when that grammar is not good they will tell you that you're not a good writer yeah regardless, you're regardless of what your the, the ideas you're putting on paper oh it is so. yeah I mean, in that sense but it did make me feel bad still it was like damn it but i've accepted it and it is what it is or like one was my arabic teacher in my uh, master's program she was like when you speak you don't make these kinds of errors so why is it? I, I, well, it's true. I wouldn't have thought when you speak Spanish, you don't make any. I don't I think I the make grammar error, error, but so I also have like an accent. Error. So even when I make those errors, you don't notice it as much. But when you're reading it, you're like, <laughs> what? Yo pienso que ellos tiene que tienen. Oh, man. Hay que saber entender. So it is. 
yeah, it's just kind of a weird thing, but that's also something where it's like, but y'all, there is, again, pros and cons. And we don't need to idolize the European systems because there's a lot that's wrong with them. They have high unemployment. I mean, this COVID, the disparity between those who are dying of COVID and uh, uh, and those who are not. We got that too. Just that they exist in the U.S., it, it exists there too. Yeah, I feel like their margins are a, are a lot better than uh, ours. But they I don't have, but they do have help. They do have more social. I mean, they do have when it comes to universal health, of course. But it's like that's not everything, and it's just I think. The ideal system is yet to be created. That's what I think. I think we got to take a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But when we stand on our high horses and go, oh, one, as Americans pay so much obedience to them, obedience to them and and act as if, you know, everybody is Colin Firth in Pride and Prejudice when that's really just not that's never been the case. Right. Like things have been more (laughs) like Les Mis than people in the streets. Look down, look down, whatever. (laughs) You, you were just looking for your first opportunity to sing here, huh? Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps. Oh, so, yeah, it, it, oh. it's weird, but at the end of the day, Europe doesn't have it all together. America doesn't have it all together. But maybe we, we come with our faults. Yeah, we come with our faults. But maybe if we actually acknowledge that and look at our faults and think it through, that we'll come to things. And spend more time trying to understand um, relationships as well. So I'll say one last dig at Europe is that it's small. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times when Europeans know about other countries, it is because your country is so small that I can drive it in a day. You border these other countries. And so what happens there affects you in a way that like, if I live in Nebraska, mm-hmm. what's happening in Canada doesn't necessarily doesn't affect, affect me. me. What's yeah. happening in Mexico doesn't necessarily yeah. affect me. And so we do and need that's, to- what I, what, that's what I was saying about U.S.'s politics, because the little, I mean, things, small protests happen here, or I wouldn't say things that I think are big protests, but protests happen. George, George Floyd, George Floyd happens, and it has a, an economic effect on the rest of the world. Like it has an effect, some sort of effect on the rest of the yeah. world. Right. Whereas it's not the wow. same. Yeah. Meanwhile, Armenia and Azerbaijan have been going at it, and people have been dying. Yeah. And because we, if, if we don't co- affect us, we don't. No, no, of course, of course. But I think that there is also just that lack of understanding on the European side that like you're not worldly because you're worldly or you know what I mean, like that kind of like we're better. We know more stuff. You know more stuff because you have to. You know more stuff because you can literally take the train to the next town and be in another country in a way that we don't. If you're just talking about regular all of us plebeians living our lives going you know going out or staying in ordering food whatever getting you know getting your daily bread and getting your education for your kids like it's just a different reality if you live near the border in the u.s i'm sure you know a little bit about what's going on in mexico because you live near the border and that affects you. you um people in you know by the canada border the same thing um but did want to get that off my chest. I'm glad we got to talk about this idea of Europe as a racial utopia. A lot of people are saying they're moving, including, you know, even our president, I think, recently said that he I mean, looking. you know, more power to everyone. If you're rich, you're going to have a fantastic time. <laughs> if you're poor, you're probably not going to be able to move. So, you know, you can draw a line through that. Yeah, if you are always people, who's you know, contemplating study abroad, <laughs> if you black, just know 
You have do to some googling. Yeah. Google. Google and things. Yeah, Talk do some people googling. Who've done it? Who've studied abroad? Black easy. people, not. Yeah. not I <laughs> mean, I didn't know that. I talked to just people in general, and that was a mistake that I made. Oh, um, definitely, yeah. you know, Google the Black experience in country X, X. Yeah. Uh, to give you some ideas, um, and just know that the world is the world that we live in, and there is no utopia. Sorry, that's a really sad way to end things, but maybe it's real. <laughs> maybe in New Zealand. <laughs> well. Come on, Nana. Don't be talking about it too much. That's 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 my dreamscape. <laughs> that's my dreamscape. I'm trying to be where they film like Lord of the Rings and Xena and eat Marmite and you know. I bought some Marmite on, on my trip to New Zealand. I didn't eat it because I I, I don't know. I, I wanted it to long try time it ago. and I just didn't. Yeah, it's, it's like still sitting there. It tastes like yeast. I don't. I don't. I think it's one of those things I could see if you had it as a kid, you would be to have it again. But um, like my, um, I know someone she gets like there's like Marmite ice cream and she like oh. loves. I would be interested to see what it tastes like, but like I I don't hate Marmite, but I don't. I'm not repulsed by it either. It's just like yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, try some Marmite. Try it before you go and see. If you can handle a lifetime of eating that, because people in New Zealand, the UK, and Australia, they love that stuff. Oh. They love it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Oh, thank you for listening. Have a good one, everyone. That's our show for today. Like what you heard? I have an idea on a topic you'd like African.American to discuss. Let us know. You can email us at African.American spelled out. African.dotamerican at gmail.com. See you later.